Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Well, good afternoon, boys. Hi, How are you going? How are you, mate? Another week's gone by. I'm outraged. You're still outraged? No, I'm outraged. All right. My brothers, I'm feeling a sense of brotherhood. <laughs> I was coming down here to be the uh, the rose between two hotspot thorns. We've got <laughs> Bankstown to my right and Borkham Hills to my left. Not a single recorded case on the Central Coast, and I thought I was going to sit here, look down on you from my pedestal, my, your mask, my coronavirus your riddled friends, and then our comrade Palaszczuk in Queensland. <laughs> closed your borders. Listen. Well, she closed it to Sydney, but then she threw the Central Coast in as a hot spot, even though we don't have a single. <laughs> no, you don't have anyone who, who actually can be tested. That's all. <laughs> so I'm absolutely outraged. I'm the. Uh, I've formed my. Uh, the Central Coast Division of the Corona Hotspot Society. We're going to form a movement called Hotspot Lives Matter. We're going to march on the Tweed River. I feel like we're in South Korea and comrades sitting up there in North Korea just deciding who's human and who's not. Now I've been Australia, right? Now I've been tarred with the same brush as you, disease-riddled fiends, and I'm, I'm outraged. Yeah, well, listen, the, the thing that it's starting to be pretty bad is it's almost a label now yeah you know where it used to be a pandemic and or, or, or it was a virus that was could harm us now it's almost like a label what is wrong with this you know we're gonna have to stop doing this however let's start first with the wine what what uh, what happened over the last few weeks is that we had a competition and <laughs> we we have we had a farce it was more of a competition now, between me and thomas yes just happened yes. to bring a wine unfortunately <laughs> he actually lost by a nose uh, with his wine. So Cameron was uh, to bring a good bottle today and Chris and I, were, we could not go over $30. However, if our, bot- our, 30 bottles, our $30 bottle beats him or beats his today, he's punished again I'm for not next week. It was $50. I'm asking him that. It was $50 limit. Uh, okay, well, then, then so. let's have a look. The amazing thing, though, is that we didn't know what he was going to bring. No, we didn't. But you brought the same house. So we'll talk same about vineyard, that. Yes. Same we'll vineyard, isn't it? A <laughs> couple of points of order. One, I had a phone call from one of our avid uh, listeners who was 52 seconds from the end of our last podcast and there was still no announcement about who actually won. Never mind who lost, who won. And I said, you'll never get a winner out of those two because as long as I lost, <laughs> they don't care. All right? The whole point well, was who was going to okay, win. So boys... Who won? Okay, I, it was sort of I, a I mute will, point. I probably will say that your listener should have probably uh, listened a bit better because I said if it was about structure, I think that Chris won. If it was about the uh, crescendo. The evolution then, of the wine. Yeah, and how it was going through, then I would have won. Oh. So I said, all right, if, if we were to compare that, we wish we had yours to, to really compete with us because then we would have been able to find out like who really So won. second point of order. Yes. There is no competition today that involves me because your voting's rigged. ICAC has done an investigation. <laughs> the Russian judges have been found to be completely corrupt. It's worse than an Australian bid for the Olympics, Someone's your voting. Take a steroids. So I it don't. I, I've, I've lost all faith in the system. <laughs> and, 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 and don't really 
not interested in whether because my we know we all know before we start my wine's going to finish last, so not interested. So, no, listen, not interested. Right. I'm Harvey Norman. I've got no interest. You know? so, some of the rules we don't like, but they are still the rules. No, so I'm not. Let's get I, on I, with your wine, Mister. Right. I'm being punished, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Calimero. It's not fair. Why well, well, you tell us about the wine I pour, mate? Calimero, I've brought my secret weapon today. We've He's de- decanted, we've decanted it. this one. All right, so browsing Dan Murphy's as we do this time of week every year and had to find a $100 bottle. Yeah. Two things drew me to this one. One, firstly, was the year. This is a 2010, and uh, that was the last year. That was the year my illustrious rugby league career wrapped up for good, and it was a decade ago, so I thought, oh, that's going to be all right. And then the second thing was one of our favourite words here on the podcast up in the top left corner of the uh, label was Coonawarra. We love our uh, wines from the Coonawarra yeah. region. Yeah. So I took a punt. $94, this wine, gentlemen. It's from the Catnook Estate. This is their Odyssey. So it's a premium Cav Sav. Chris and I didn't communicate, but both ended up with a Coonawarra wine from the Catnook Estate. Yep. He's is more of the standard version, and he'll explain a little bit more about the uh, actual winery because he's done a bit more research than me. But I'm excited. Not a huge red drinker, but if you're going to do it, buy an old one, buy a good one. Let's rip in. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. All right, it's going to develop a little bit more. I think we we got into it too fast. So I'll wait a little while. Not a horrible start. Great aroma. It's got a bit to come. Great aroma. A bit of pepper there. Oh, it's still coming. Oh, it's warming up now. So I've got to, (laughs) I've just charred my esophagus. See, I don't like, like, I'm not a red drinker, so for me, a, a Pinot or a, a Cab Sav, I can't, I don't love a heavy Shiraz. What is it about that you don't like? So, whites I'm not a big fan on because the acid later on doesn't sit well with me, but. I, I mean, I think the technical word is tannins, but the feeling of sucking your own face off <laughs> from a big, heavy it red. Is. Do you know where the tannins from, come from in a grape? No, mate. Do you know the white stuff on the outside of the skin? Yeah. That's where the tannins develop. Okay. So, yeah. actually, it's a, uh, it's a form of bacteria which actually help that grape mm. age. So the more of that red grape that has that white greyish appearance, actually longer it can sell I see. I think I prefer a white because it, it feels more refreshing to me. Okay. Like we can sit there and be refreshed. So if we drink a big, strong, heavy-bodied red and don't have the right cheese or the right food to go with it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. you sit there and suck the skin yeah. off your absolutely. cheeks. Absolutely. Jesus, he's improved. He's started um, to now combine... Food with wine? What, what, what's oh, what's we'll going get on? A, get it's a, not craft single. Do you remember he used to complain just about quantity? <laughs> <laughs> no, no something this full-bodied, a nice blue cheese. I was trying to convert my wife who cannot stand blue cheese on the on the weekend. But uh, I, I said, man, I'd have this red, but yeah. still couldn't do it. That's one of the reasons I bought the, the other meat today as well. But, so. um, this uh, cheese, well, you probably have red truffles in there. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Truffle cheese. Love it. Love it. All right, so what's happening this week? What's new? What's new? Uh, well, because I didn't see you guys walking with a mask. Apart from <laughs> that. Something's wrong. Well, I've been, ex- I've been included in bloody South Korea by the comrade up north of the border. Oh, that's mate. my... <laughs> I didn't have much to rage about there. I actually don't... I don't really have an opinion on the mask thing. I know I'm full of opinions, but I don't really see... I've been very outspoken about them taking away our freedoms and our liberties and locking us in our own homes. I just see the mask right. as an extension of that, not a huge... I'm, I mean, I don't plan on wearing one, but 
So um, where, uh, the question was, are you about to ask you, wear one or not to wear one? Is to not to wear one? Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah. But I, yeah, but I don't really have a good reason why. Okay. Okay. That's um, what I mean. I don't. I'm not sitting there setting my bra on fire saying. Your man, you, bro, you, yeah. You, you're taking away our Civil rights. Civil liberties. If they can, if someone can provide some science that says wearing masks is going to stop the spread, then 100. percent Well, it, it's what, what it does is slow because you you stop touching your face from transfer, and secondly is when you're speaking, um, any spittle that comes out while you're speaking, if you have it, it stops that transfer. So as the well, counter so. argument is though, unless you're changing the mask every 20 minutes because you touch the mask all the time to adjust it and all those sorts of things. So the the, the counter argument I've heard, apart from the civil liberty rubbish about it, is that wearing a, the same mask for eight hours a day and filling that up with whatever virus you have is just as bad as not having one at all. So I don't know. That's what I mean. I don't no, know. There are studies out there. There are studies. That you can see them, and they, they can show you how far your breath will go. Yeah. Oh, I know. Versus, well, that, yeah. how, well, well, that tells you a lot. But for me, it's very simple. My sister is a nurse in Belgium, where there's apparently the highest mortality rate per million. Wow. And she's a nurse. All nurses do wear them. If there was no foundation to it, they wouldn't wear them. But And if they wore them and it didn't help, they probably, like, they should be falling like flies right now because they hanging, mingling, and hanging around all of these people who are sick, who are being sent to their to the unit yep. where surgery, elective surgery, have been cancelled. The entire hospital had to be changed, and in Belgium, all of them, and they all wear masks. Yep. Now, in her entire hospital, though, they had two deaths in in the personnel, right? One surgeon and 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 one nurse. That's it for covering thousands and thousands of people. I don't know. Maybe my logic says. the two people says. who died, were they wearing masks? Because I, that was actually going to be my next question. They there's did. A, there's they a lot of healthcare workers getting it, and not in Australia, but in other countries dying from it. I'm sure they're all wearing masks. But the thing is, you've got to ask yourself, were they contracting it at work or outside? Or outside. Of work? That's right. So, Which is the same thing that we were talking about, all of these elderly. You know, I listen sometimes back to our podcast, and I go, gee, we spoke about this. Yeah. And we made our well, prediction. It's all the workers that are killing them. Yes, it's the workers. It has it. nothing to do with the damn virus trying to just reach on people. I, I find this disgusting. I have my father in an aged care unit, for example. Then I go and visit him, but I have to see him from the other side of the window. But the worker, he goes out to Woolies, he goes out and have a drink, and he goes to pubs, and he goes around people. We don't know wh- whether they have it or not. Bankstown and, and Borkham Hills walk mostly. into the room, inside the room. Yeah. What is this thing? Yeah. So as you both know, my dad's in a, yep. a nursing home. Uh, we've just gone into lockdown again, so we can't go and visit him anymore. When they first went into lockdown, and there were there was mistakes made. What they were still allowing is while you come and couldn't come and visit your relatives, you could come and pick them up and take them out for a meal. Oh, gee. And, I'm, and that was in the first week or two. I was like, guys, I mean, it's it's really a mute point not allowing anyone there at all um so they've changed that and you can't really go and visit but that's right what is stopping the people um the workers out there bringing it in there's nothing and you've got to implement better uh, obviously procedures well listen I, I i'm just reading the news right now and in victoria they have 723 new cases today which they say, reckon is good because it's down on yesterday. No, no, that's up. Bloody Mexican. Build a wall. Is, is way Build up. Build a wall. With 13 deaths, you know. Anyway, guys, just before you arrive, I was doing the uh, podcast of James Pratt, an auctioneer. And I had to tell you, I, I was expecting a guy that was 
pretty much up himself. He knows everything about real estate. And I have been really inspired just sitting down and talking to a guy that is so down to earth. You'd want a guy like that because you, your sellers, your buyers will be so relaxed around him. You know, I, I was very, very impressed. And I think he, the maximum he's ever done was 18 auction in one day. Wow. Yeah, just crazy. And then you listen to him. I try and push him a few times into... Uh, maybe having some kind of more argumentative kind of tone. Mate, you couldn't get the guy going there. I, I'm, I'm sure he can, but you couldn't get him to go there. And he, he had one of his favorite kind of line, which I don't know really in the end whether I was asking a good question or not, but almost every question I asked him was a very good question. You know, <laughs> and so I thought he's very diplomatic. He, mm. he knows how to just make you feel comfortable. Really great uh, podcast. How about you guys? What's your day? Mate, my day has been Dan Murphy's and then come here. <laughs> now, a bit of work in the morning now. I'd fresh off from my first weekend off for the year. It's bloody brilliant. Get away for a couple of days. Sunny Patonga that wasn't real sunny. Bit monsoon. No. First day no. Last three days, yes. There was a bit of work still to be done on the first day and that was never gonna be avoided. So we put in a fair bit of work early on in the month, which meant and as of Friday afternoon, pretty much all our deals had been done. There was nothing else cooking. It was bloody good to sit there and not be panicking about anything that was happening because yep. there wasn't much going on. Yeah, we, we went down to Patonga, which is only 20 minutes from my house, but it uh, feels like you're miles away, miles away yeah, and um, had some friends come up for one night, but the rest of the time was, was locked in the house while the rain was coming with the kids and they, they handled it pretty bloody well, but by the time we left, they were all ready to strangle each other, so it was, <laughs> it was time to go. So it wasn't just you and Crystal, it was you and the family? Yeah, yeah kids. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, we, we just got near Airbnb for three nights. And, um, no, it was good. Apart from that, there's not a lot else to do. And the market's still kicking along. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but stock levels are dropping again yep. significantly. Buyers have still been a little bit, in my area, still been a little bit how you're going. We uh, had two auctions on the weekend, both sold, but they weren't, you know, overly sort of um, great results. We had both good results. They got sold above reserve, but... Uh, well, that's the result, isn't it? Yeah, this, it's not where we were, you know, 12 months ago and so forth. So we're still seeing that a little bit. No, well, yeah, I mean, we're everything's selling. Our, our issue, yeah. if we if there's an issue, is to find the next one. It's but that's levels. sales for you. That's yeah. the that's the good and the bad of sales. You you beg for them and then you get them and you, instead of stopping for five minutes and giving yourself a high five, you're, you're too busy worrying about where the next one's going to come from. How's, so your, how's your new guy going? Jay. Jay. Jay, how's Jay? It's going? working hard, mate. That's good. Working hard. We've, That's got a, good. we've got a lot of training to do. We've got a, there's work to be done there and moulding to be done, but he's yeah. he's the, the best thing about him and it's the reason we employed him is his work ethic was never, ever, ever going to be in question. Yeah, right, okay. And the, the rest of it's sort of up to, to me and, and Chad to make sure we... Do our bit. Get the in, best out of him. In, yeah, that's exactly right. So, so is he living up to your potential at the moment? Is he is he doing that work? Is he putting in the extra? Have you seen that? Yeah, 100%. The fight that you thought you saw? Yeah, 100%. Won? He rang us one day to ask Chad if he could stay back till 9 o'clock prospecting because <laughs> he was having a slow day on the phone. So, yeah, he's absolutely chomping at the bit. Amazing. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a different culture and a different um, mindset. He's He's... He's a very literal thinker and a very literal taker of information. So yeah. I've got to be careful because I love adding a bit of mayonnaise or salt and pepper to just about everything I say. Yeah. And you just can't. Because Not with if, him, yeah. He's yeah. literal, isn't it? He's very literal. If I said hop across the street and do that, I'd see a, a young Vietnamese kid hopping across the street to right. do something. So, But no, nah, yeah, loving having him around. That's and good. 
So he's obviously, by the sound of it, he's bringing a good energy, great work ethic and uh, that sort of thing to the office. And yeah. it's going to help boost everyone else's energy levels at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we're, there's the biggest, I was talking about listings before, the biggest struggle we've still got at the moment is it doesn't appear that anyone wants a job. Recruiting is a um, massive struggle at the moment. Um, oh, okay, so hang on, let me clarify. You're not getting inquiries to your age? Nah, nothing. Okay. So I think that brings us back to what we were saying a, a few weeks back about um, people being really comfortable on the nipple of the government taking their job seeker payment. I think, yeah. So we, we don't have the stuff we need in that office yet. Um, and and that's a it's a big uh, energy is is hard to control in a in a or well not even control it's hard to bring in a in a minimal is person it, environment. In that situation, Thomas, as as sales managers or leaders and so forth, and you haven't got a big team, what what can we do to instill that keep that energy and keep that enthusiasm for those young people that have come in? What what can we do as? I walked into his office two days ago and. I could feel it was a bit difficult. He's Cam and with Jay and they were trying their best. But from an outside of walking into the room, I could feel straight away it was not there, you know. And it was manufactured, almost artificial. That I don't know whether it is because of the numbers or whether it is because that is Jay's makeup. Bit yep. of a cultural misalignment. Yeah, there's, 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 you can be just one person with a manager in a room where it's like a house on fire, right? But Jay is the introvert kind of guy that is so introvert, you have to pour water into that pond forever for him to get going. So I don't think it is necessarily the numbers. So secondly, yes, when you, when you have someone who is waiting for you to give the energy, it is very difficult for you to just keep on going because at one stage, you're going to run out of energy, yeah, right? Yeah. You'll find that if you start being around him, Cam, at nine o'clock in the morning, that maybe unless you went for a walk around eleven, man, you you're gone by eleven thirty. You know? Yeah, you I'm con- yeah, I do. I'm conscious of it, and I do take myself out for a couple of hours. Oh yeah, you have to do those kind of things. So it, it is about a, the, the person, because I think that this is where a lot of real estate agencies are going to go, where the teams are going to be not so big, because the office is not going to be just centrally located in one area. There's going to be guys who are going to be living in Carrion and who would just work the area in Palm Beach and get more money than any other agent out there because of its skill. Is that guy needing a team of 70,000 people around him to go to work? No, maybe that guy will just work from there by himself through the way that he's working. He's making sales that are 100 kilometres away from him. Right. I think the danger is we can all... Or most people can bring the energy themselves in a in a one on one environment, like Thomas is mentioning. But the opposite, if you are going into an office and there are other people there and the energy is not there, it'll suck the life out of you at the same time. So I've got no doubt that Jay can have a great energy when he's in his car or when he's at home or when he's doing what he's doing, and I can have a great energy. I know I can at certain times, but if we get in the office together and it is only us two, one of us is having a bad day or one of us isn't feeling up to it that's going to stuff the other person as well. So it is on each other to bring, on, on each individual to bring the energy to the office. Yeah. But it's probably, it's it's much less important if we do get down the track and, and we are working in situations where it looks like real estate will probably head, where there are no suburban offices as such and everyone is working remotely and, and being hired for their skill rather than their postal address, then that sort of stuff maybe won't be as important. Thomas has already, you're, you've always had the idea of a hub and, and having subs, subs yeah. around there, right? So yeah. we're talking 
almost like that office structure going into the future, moving out that we've got the main office, which would probably only have the core staff of maybe a receptionist, a marketeer, and I don't know, whoever else in that office, and then everyone else working in their prospective areas, whether they live in those areas or just work those areas from home. Yeah, we've just proven that what we do can be done remotely with all the lockdowns that happen and the isolation of staff and the um, yeah. the closures. We've proven that the job, which has probably been known for a long time, can be done remotely. Yeah, it's interesting for me because I've, 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 I'm on both sides of it. Where I'm a guy who owns two suburban offices, so I, I know the advantages of having an office in Carrong and an office in Barrera as far as when dealing with the Carrong locals and the Barrera locals and and having a presence there. I'm also a guy who has listed a chicken farm in Raymond Terrace, which is north of Newcastle, and currently has a listing in Asquith, which is I'm spread over 250 kilometres. Yeah. Raymond Terrace to Mangrove Mountain to Budgiewoy to Asquith. So I also know that you don't need an office to go out and list a property. So it, it's it's I've actually got the insight into both sides of it, which is it's, I don't think we're right there just yet. There's still a lot to be said for uh, the locals back in the local guy. I hear it a lot. I hear it a lot in Carrang. I hear it a lot in Barrow. They're very proud people and they want Barrow. You know, I've had a client mention to me that because their listing on realestate.com said Carrang at the bottom because we should, we use one realestate.com subscription, that's not supporting Barrow. And, and I've heard in Carrang, you know, we want, can be done, will be done. I reckon on a, on a percentage basis, six or seven out of ten times you would get the listing, but there's still that 30 or 40% that want someone wearing their jersey doing it but that that problem is solved and we're probably going to go a lot deeper into it we're covering it all at once but that's solved in the online space that that jersey wearing yeah absolutely i think it's really to me something that i wouldn't even spend too much time about james pratt office is in bondi james pratt goes from cronulla and does auction up on the central coast some days he is in mossman then cronulla then alexandria I mean, it's just crazy. Home sellers who are not interested in getting the highest price, mm. yes, they go for the jersey. But I can guarantee you that most home sellers would want the highest price. If you're going to have a surgery that is life-threatening, you wouldn't want to know where your surgeon comes from. All you want is to be one of his patients. That is the work that you have to do with your social media. I think in that respect, the social media has to be so, so much about who you are, where you are, what is it that you do, what is, what is it you stand for, so that it can actually override the need for the office. So we, we always talk about in the, you know, the basis of, of real estate is to prospect, is to prospect for your uh, pipeline and immediate and future sellers, yeah? Yeah. So real estate of the future, really, prospecting needs to evolve into being an attracting attraction agent that is showing their results to the community, whether they live inside the community or outside the community. We need to be able to impart that through whether it's social media or um, letterbox drops or newsprint, whatever it may be, we need to be able to impart that. That's not, that's not the office of the future or the agent of the future. That was the agent of actually five years ago. Ever, ever since I came into real estate, because I'd worked in a couple of different fields, I understood the importance of online presence. And I'm, I think, I, I don't know whether it was UTL or, or Chad that I said it to when I first started. I'm like, we're not going to need offices soon. If we do the right thing on Google and the right thing on Facebook, we're not going to need offices. And yeah. 
five years ago there was still a fair bit of resistance to that. Talking about like it's the future, that part of it, what you're talking about, trying to attract people to you rather than chasing people, that's been the case for a while now and it's the people the people who are struggling now, the people who haven't evolved with that yep. in time. Now, to jump in front of that is to go to another level again. But I said it when I said it on a, a group call when we first got locked down. The, the lockdown was the opportunity to be more present than you've ever been before because all anyone was doing was sitting at home Social on their media. devices. Yep. And if you're not on there, no one's seeing you. So, of course, you want the best surgeon, but if no one knows that you're the best surgeon... They're not. <laughs> they're not going to hire you. You know. So that's exactly that, right. And that's that's the case. Even even. So how would they know you're the best surgeon? Well, that's you got to build your brand, and you got to you've got to be in that. Understand the value and understand the importance of the online space. But then there's understanding and executing are, are two completely different things as well. I yeah. know the value of social media. I know that Facebook and Instagram have algorithms which control who sees your content. I know all that information. I can't do fuck all with it because yeah. I don't understand the ins and outs of it apart yeah. from putting something on Facebook and hitting boost and I know that I can pick a suburb and an age, which sadly or unfortunately is more information than a lot of people are running with at the moment. But you need then someone who... You need to outsource it. Yeah, well, you you outsource it or insource it, but you need... Yeah, right. You either need a full-time marketer or be able to outsource that information. The reason you need to be, uh, to outsource that, and I think this is what Cam's alluding to, it's because I think it has become a skill on its own. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. There, it's, a, it's, a profession. Who, it's a profession. There's yeah. people who think, oh, well, you know, if I just put a nice picture or if I just take a picture of me at the end of an auction or if I just did this, they'll be right. It's so wrong. Yeah. They don't understand it. What you do is when you have someone on social media, they don't just use, first of all, they don't just use Instagram or Facebook. They use whatever is available out there. But then you actually rely on their know-how because they read things that you don't see. Just like you and I, if, if we do an auction, by the first week and the way that the open house is happening, we're reading stuff already that maybe home sellers can't even see, correct? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. Like when you turn up and you you say hello to the, the sellers, there is something that you're already doing. You're, you're looking at the sellers, you're humanizing the sellers so that maybe it's going to have something to do with the reserve. There's things that you do already. You try to find out what is it they want out of this experience and you bring it out in your auction. It's the same thing about the, uh, the social media. They know by looking at the growth of your group and, and the likes and all these things, which direction to go. This is what people don't get. You've spent how many years studying people's body language? How many years, man? I think I was born with the book. Uh, <laughs> right. So the thing is that Facebook, and I'm, I know there's a lot of other portals, but yeah. Facebook is a body language. Yeah. And we don't understand that. Oh, this is crazy now. Now the wine is just crazy. You would have won. I'm serious. <laughs> you would have won with this last week. How's the pepper? How's the, the <laughs> raising temperature? This, this is a cab safe, so yeah. no, it hasn't got as much pepper as his wow, last week. Wow, this is. I'm so. I'm very sorry. I had to interrupt. <laughs> but last week, Chris and I, we would have had to dispute like about who lost. Seriously, that was a good bottle. Which really reminds me, when you go for a discount, sometimes it costs you twice. I didn't go for a discount. Last week was a happy accident. Well, the, the white was a happy accident. I thought I was buying a $99 bottle. I didn't find out the discount until I got to the counter. Still a bloody favourite. So, Ooh. yeah, so, so I mean, you're a body language expert. But no, I, I'm not no, an expert. I just in air quotes. It was air quotes, but we're on radio. All right? But to do that, you, you've even said 
training over Zoom doesn't work because you can't feel the room. No. What we need in, a, in an age where no one even talks to each other anymore on the phone and only sends text messages is digital body language expert because that is... Uh, uh, yeah, future is a funny word because we're already there. So I think We've been there for a long so time. So the officers of the future now are going to... And I know a lot of really good officers have already embraced this. They need fantastic marketeers. That it's, understand it, yeah. that understand that body nah, language. It's not a market. Yeah. It's not a marketing. It's beyond marketing. Yeah, I'm but looking for a, 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 digital, you need a social media. You need they a need digital a, expert. Yeah. Oh yeah, you need someone who understands the codes, the algorithms. They're mathematicians more than anything. But yeah. not only that, they, the stuff you're it's putting out has got to be attractive. It, it's got to be attractive. Yeah, but that's the marketing, well. right? Well, so I'm saying the combination of those two. Someone who really understands that space, that social social media space, and a marketeer combined it will make that's a, a very good addition to real estate. That's how specialised it's getting. Yeah. Because a marketeer makes sure everything looks pretty and knows who they're trying to target. Yeah. The moneyball person behind the scenes, the digital expert, is seeing the pretty picture go out and then reading exactly what's going on with it based on all the information that we can't get our head around and shouldn't try and get our head around, to be honest. When I was crook all those years ago, I read every book of Gary V's and I was going to come out of it a social media fucking demon and two weeks later all the algorithms changed and you can't, <laughs> you just can't. Stick to what you're good at. What's the, what's the old saying? Work on your strengths and understand your weaknesses? So, I, delegate so, your weaknesses. so in a way, you, you knew now we're talking future because there's still definitely a role for, for old school prospecting. At the moment, they haven't been... Cold calling yet? They haven't banned door knocking yet. They that, will, and that's something they Thomas they said will. eight nine years ago. There will come a day where you will not be able to prospect, phone call, and you will not be able to door knock. So we we and, and most so how are they going to find you? A lot of real well, a lot of real estate now has gone to the pods pods as far as teamwork, and, and in my pod, the idea is that I go out and list. I've got someone who prospects for me, finds the business. And then I've got someone else who Perfect. goes and sells them. Well, that person who goes and prospects for me, the the, the office or the team of the future, that person's now an IT person, yep. not a benchy as we as we call them, not a young kid. You're still, you're still, I think doors. you'll still need that assistant to you know farm those warm leads and nurture not farm nurture those warm leads. I, I still think you will need that assistant. Yeah, but that's the personal. That, that's the personal touch but that your agent's got to have. No, no, I don't believe all the time. I don't believe all the time. If you get to that stage where you're listing what you're going to be listing, I think you still need someone there to nurture those leads as they come through. Yeah, and so make that's, sure my, that's, my PA, that's my PA and buyers in my system. Flowers on Mother's Day and six packs of beer on fa Father's Day and so forth. I think. Yeah, that's part of the system. But I, yeah. I think gone will be the days, and this is just my opinion, where we're paying 20-year-old kids to go and door knock 15, yeah, yeah. 15 Ks a day and, yeah. and call 150 is, people. It will be the natural operation. That is social media. So that can all be done without leaving your bedroom. Okay, so to, to, to everyone who owns an office at the moment who's been in real estate for you know, 10, 20 years and has the old setup, the old mindset of real estate, I employ you, you come in the office at 8.30, you prospect till you get a job. Yeah. So those old mentality, what is the one thing that they need moving forward um, with their staff members to, well, to maybe have that evolution of their office? This will be a bit harsh, but I think if you're still in that space, you're already gone. Okay. You've been a dinosaur for a while now. And yep. that's uh, that's to do with the generations. That's to do with the, the wants and needs of millennials. That's okay. But what do they then? Okay, let's say they well, are. It's, it's, they, it's a big change, mate. But well, what? you need to hire someone younger. You need to hire someone who 
understands the the new generation of people in the digital age to advise you, that'd probably be the first step because you can't learn it. Like, there's teaching old dog new tricks, but you know, I'm I'm never going to learn all the algorithms of Facebook, and I'm 38. You know, and we're talking about yeah, but what, what also what what about you know your best time? I mean, where where should your time be? Doing, listing and selling houses. Yeah, that's right. Or, or is it on sitting sitting down and trying to learn this stuff? So you for, know for. So I, for someone, one of the dinosaurs, they need to go. Fuck! I don't know anything about this, and we're and we're close to extinction. I need to find someone who does, and I need to put them on the payroll, and I need to trust their advice. And God, that would be the first step for me because you can't. But coming I, back, if you've got four, five, six, ten agents already, you're the owner of a business, and you've got you know everything. The infrastructure's in place. Yeah. What What do they need to do to say? Okay, I actually don't need an office that can seat twenty two people. I can office that sits five, and everyone works on their own on their own accord from home and do what does what they need to do. What's the first thing that maybe the, is it a mindset? Is a is it a communication thing? Is it a trust thing? What do these people need to do first and foremost to go into that next evolution of real estate? Well, just listen. I think they need to look at reality for what it is. Yeah, right. I was going to say just listen. And the reality now is that since COVID, a lot of people now are starting to realize that we've been forced to do less door knocking. Really, yep. we, we've been forced to not really calling on people. So we had to do some other things. And, and what you see for the moment is that since COVID, the offices that had social media still thrive because yep. it has moved away from the door knocking directly onto the social media. But then because social media is changing at lightning speed, we don't have the time to understand it. You know, I don't understand anything about Facebook. Sometimes I sit down with Charlotte, my daughter, who's now specializing more and more into social media. And, and the way I look at it is the proof is in the pudding. She, she's got, she had, uh, what is it, 17,000 Instagram followers until I said to her, don't, don't focus on that anymore because you're working here now. To, <laughs> well done. <laughs> and, and, and then I said to her, take over mine, where I had 200, on, for example, on LinkedIn, and now I'm over 4,000. And she's done it in a very small amount of time. Why? Because she does things I don't understand. Quite often she'd have a conversation with me and she'd say certain things to me. I'd say, Charlotte, I don't want to know. Speak that's, English. That's your problem. That's your feel. I don't want to know. All that I know want to know is, the, do people know of me and will they call me in to sell their home? I mean, this, this is the bit, isn't it? So when you don't have that, then you shouldn't be asking. We need to really sit down and really understand. We hire people to put sign up for us. Why? Because it's less time for that, that we spend on that. We hire people to go out there and do certain things to their home, like taking photos. Why? We, we all have a camera on, on our iPhone. Why don't we just go out there and, and take photos? on? A, because we want to do the job the way that it's supposed to be done. Sometimes I look at an ad, just the photo these days, just get me to flick to the next one. So hold on, what am I saying? A bad photograph could actually deter a buyer? Yes. A bad photograph is something that you have done against your seller. And now these days, what I see, it's even worse now. I've seen these guys who know a little bit about social media or they get somebody else who's been in doing some kind of marketing and they try to push them into social media. That's the most stupid thing because if they were really a good social media or marketing before, they would have made the other company or wherever they work like a success. Yeah. Look at what they've been doing. So I say... What you need to be doing is first look at reality. What is the reality we live in? And then hire the best people. Mm. Isn't it what we say about our job? Wouldn't, would we hire a salesperson because he's cheap or do we hire the best person for the job? Mm. Yeah. 
the first uh, the first step is the awareness and acceptance that you ain't going to cut it, mate. And that's not a mind. That's a. But we say can, we say look the, the the officers of the past, and you say they're really uh, they're really going to go extinct. You're basically saying that that if you can't evolve, you you're going to go extinct. I reckon you're already in a world of trouble, okay. mate. If you if you absolutely clueless about it and you're still in the old mindset and that's why I said it's been that way for five years but we're not just talking about social media what I'm talking about is the whole concept of allowing staff to work remotely the whole concept to and COVID's pushed as you said COVID's pushed us to that point if these people can meet their targets produce income for the business what do those business owners need to do they need to accept that as the new reality Absolutely. So what is it they need to overcome if they can't do that? Is it a trust factor? Is it a maybe they feel that I pay you, you come to work thing? Is it a what? It's Listen, if, the, if Charles Darwin was alive, he'll tell you. Those who did not evolve, extinct. Yeah, that's, ah, those who don't change, yeah, they go extinct. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, mate, but you keep asking the same question and the answer's the same. If you don't realise where the world is at the moment, you're fucked. You're yep. gone. That's okay. the first step. You have to understand that. No, no, what I'm, I'm, what I'm are, trying to get at is we're always going to social media. What I'm coming no, back no, to is... Just realise where the world's at at yeah, the moment. What I'm coming back to is is the, I believe the office of the future will be Thomas's uh, concept of the hub and subs. It's the that same will, answer, though. Realise where the world's at. It's on social media answer. Realise that... I was talking to a guy yesterday who I'd been trying to recruit and I rang him, hadn't spoke to him for a while. He was he worked for another franchise yep. and he'd come and sat down with me and he lives in my local area and he toyed with the idea of coming closer and working from home. He prefers the beaches and I rang him and he said, oh, mate, big change. I've moved over to another franchise. I said, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, I've gone with Shall Remain Nameless. I said, oh, mate, and Shall Remain Nameless big competitors of some of our other offices on the coast, not so much me, mm-hmm. but their whole thing is they've got an office in Erina, they've got 10 agents working for them. He's never seen one of them because none of them work in the office and they're already dominating in all the areas around some of our other offices. It's been the way for a while. I'm not trying to make it all about me, but I'm going to make it all about me for a second. Where it's a little bit different for me, Carryong's not a hub of anywhere. We're not surrounded by 100,000 homes. Yeah, yeah. So hard from Carryong to have a centre where I've got 10 agents working 10 different suburbs because there isn't. Yeah. And Barrow geographically is almost the same. Now, Hornsby, completely different story. You stick a big office in Hornsby, all of a sudden you've got Barrow down to, oh, geographics, but Pennant Hills maybe, I don't know. And there's no reason why, no one can come up with a valid reason why it can't work. And I'm the perfect example. I was working in... Narara, then I was working in Wyoming and then I was listing in Carryong and then I was listing in Mangrove Mountain then I was listing from Carryong in Barrow and Mount Karingo and Mount Kola and Asquith. And soon Cronulla. And soon Cronulla. There's <laughs> no... my place when you I listed a fucking chicken chicken farm in Raymond Terrace. Like, uh, chickens. <laughs> so no one will be able to ever sit with me and say you have to have an office in an area and you have to be a local agent. Yeah. And again, I'll go back to but there is still a percentage where it pays to have the jersey. So it's an interesting concept. Now, if my offices were in a different place, if if my office was in Gosford, for example, I would have, I think I worked it out yesterday, eight agents working, two in Narara, two in Wyoming, one in Lizaro and Arimba, one in East. You just have it. You'd never have to see them. You'd never have to see them. Why do you need to see them? I'd have someone paid a lot of money 
to look after the digital space because the only we, we had lunch the other day and yep. we talked about and I still think an agent needs to have a patch as a sense but that's covered by the online space when someone googles if someone's going to google best agent in Palm Beach you better fucking be there absolutely right? and yeah. you can't be there if it's not and then when someone if someone goes on realestate.com and goes to the find an agent section and types in Palm Beach you better have made some sales there yeah. And that, uh, that's something you're not going to be able to overcome straight away just by saying, oh, I'm the best surgeon. Because if anyone looks at who sold a house in Palm Beach and you haven't done one, how are we going to get that call in? So that's something we need to overcome with our virtual benches, though. That's the, the virtual benchy is the, the way of the future as we're putting it. But I'm, I'm more certain it's the way of now and it's probably the way of two years ago if, if we were onto it. That's... This isn't a five-year, ten-year thing we're talking about. This is something that should be enacted. Now, look, I pay eight grand a month in lease on offices in suburban, and that's to have two in two suburban areas. Where We cut that in half. We have one where all the, the digital stuff and the admin stuff and everything's run out of it. When the dinosaurs look at it as a money-spending exercise, having an, an online presence, yeah. fucking try having the overheads of two or three offices. Yeah, the entrepreneurs <laughs> see it as something different. And what, money, what yeah. money are you getting out of that? The only people who know we're in Barrera Heights, really, are the people in Barrera Heights. You know, and something that you bring up is about the offices now, Cam, and um, paying those overheads. And something that I'm seeing a lot more of is a lot more, a lot of businesses sharing office space where they're, they're going in and, and then renting out an office and you might find, an, you know, a, a broker, an accountant, a financial planner and people who sort of gel in the same industry, individual businesses working and operating under the one roof. Yeah, there's... there's when I, so they're amortising their overhead. So, I, I mean, remember, that could be a possible future as I well. I remember when I did my um, certificate of registration and the guy was very adamant about a couple of things. He said... As soon as you know you're good after three months, go commission only and, and go out on your own. It's the only way to make money. But well, he, legally, there's a few requirements there. But the other thing, yeah, but this is <laughs> this is five years ago. Yeah. Right? And then the other thing he said was, my son talked about opening an office and I told him, don't even bother. And what they found, and it was down in Sydney somewhere, where there was an office space where communally five or six businesses paid for a receptionist. Yep. All had the same, uh, all had different phone numbers. Yep. But... You rented time. So if you had a meeting at the office, the receptionist would reach under a desk, pull out the Wisebury sign, stick it up above a desk, and when someone came in, all of a sudden it was a Wisebury office. That's, that concept has been going for a while, but like a lot of things that have been going for a while, it's all been or will have been accelerated now by That's right. this virus that is keeping us out of Queensland. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and this is why for me, the office of the future, people are going to have to be really flexible. There are top salespeople out there for the moment. They're not working for someone and they're just getting a portion of what they should be getting in terms of commission. What about getting really the whole lot? What about thinking of that? Because in the end, you have to focus on building your future. What you need to be doing is, all right, look at what do we need? I need someone who gives me system. I need someone who steers me in the right direction when I'm in trouble. I need to talk to someone who may know actually a bit more about how to run certain things so that when I'm in real trouble, that's the guy I go to for just that advice. That piece of advice is expensive. And that piece of advice, it's like you going to a surgeon. I mean, if you went to a doctor for a flu, a flu it might just be a $46 visit. But if you went to a doctor because you have pancreas cancer, I think it's going to be way more. It's the same thing. If you have that and you have a system and really a phone, really? Who else do you need? Yeah. yeah. And so what it is, I think what, what Cameron is bringing in, it make, make big sense to me, is 
if you want to evolve, stop thinking like the dinosaurs. You have to think the new ways. You have to adopt forward. You know, I keep on going back here. That Charlotte has been fighting me for at least a year. Because for a year, like a real good dinosaur, I said, no, <laughs> this is how we do it. That's right. Forward. Let's get on to the next wine first. Right. What it, what, because mate, this Damn, has been dry for the that. next it's two hours. It's pretty fucking <laughs> good, though, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, that, I must say, mate, that was an outstanding uh, Outstanding. A real winner. It'll that keep was. you warm on a cold winter's night, that too. And the, <laughs> you, when we first opened that bottle, it didn't do it justice. Yeah. And it wasn't to probably... No, the good bottles, you need that. The good bottles, you Great. need that decanter. I think we've got to be a bit more serious, boys. If we're going to be bringing $100 bottles we need, we need to decant yeah, and we need to... That's, um, that, that, mate, I'll tell you, that hats off to you, mate. That's, that well was done. a good drop. Well done. And, yeah, I'm not mouthing it that this is a good wine. Yeah, this is a good wine. It Better great. than mine. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> right, so uh, funnily enough, uh, Cam's was uh, a, Cat- a Catnook Estate as well. Mine also is a Catnook Estate. They're both a Cab Sav, so both are um, Yours Cabernet is only Sauvignon. eight standard drinks, mate. Mine was 8.6. Okay, so Cam's <laughs> a little bit stronger. Um, Cam's was a 2010 uh, Select. Mine's a 2012. It's a fairly standard Kunawara Cabernet uh, Cab Sav. So, as we said, from the same vineyard, this part of South Australia, the Coonawarra, is actually known for some great Cab Savs. There's another brand I, I like to drink, Wins, which are na- a neighbouring uh, vineyard to this. And they've both Wins and this uh, winery have been both around since the 1800s. Wow. So, fantastic. But as by way of comparison, so Chris and I didn't speak at all before this podcast and we've both come up with the same wine That's two years apart. And mine is meant to be a premium model, and the price tag was premium, and he's bought the $50 version. So by way of, I think the idea of all bringing the same red and all in different price points was to actually get a try and get a fair comparison. So this will be interesting. That'll be all a right, good one. So let's have a look. Cheers, Cheers boys. Cheers. Again. I guess the one bottle has been dished, dished oh, a long yeah, time no, ago. It's, it's, it's the one type of wine. Yeah. We know <laughs> oh, shit. It's beating oh, the other bottle. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good, but I think that's probably what the best we'll get out of this bottle. Probably won't get any better than that. So yours has improved heaps. Hold on, if he's need someone who no, I need someone who knows reds better to explain the difference because there's a big difference in the the initial, but I can't put words to it. So my. this was a lot more mellow than yours. Yours needed to evolve in the first sip. Yours? I felt this we had a sip. Hit. It went up and it stayed up. If you try this one, it went up. It Go comes down. Go on already. Try it. Try it again and you see. And that is a difference between good wines, bad wines. You, it's also how long it stays, how long it plays with you. Is the symphony a one note or is it a range? That what that was in your white. Your, your yeah. white when you when you had your white, it had so many notes too. Mm. Very good. Okay, well not as good. Chris, we, we lost there, but uh, that's okay. We still have a chance, mate. <laughs> we still have a chance. That's right. Oh, look, he's smiling a little bit more because now the odds went from... I'm not in the competition. <laughs> I don't care. 33% to I was going to say, 50. yeah, there's something I didn't... Another point of record. I'm pretty sure if we go back through all the podcasts, I'm on record as saying someone's wine is better than mine on more than one occasion. I reckon we could go back through every podcast and TL, I'm looking straight at you. Not yeah. once have you ever admitted that someone's wine was better than yours. No, ever. not true. Ever. Chris will be my witness that you have no, actually brought some better wine than ours. We don't need yes. I, that. We I have said this, this week. No, I have said this week. You have been us. Yes or wrong? Yes. Well, yes. So, mate, mate, you're a so loser. No, I had a list before I got here. <laughs> I gotta get the fucking list. Here. <laughs> 
Mate, you've only got 24 episodes to go through and listen <laughs> and sort of take notes too. <laughs> You're supposed to be studying leadership. I'm studying how those pricks fucked me the week before. That's <laughs> However, you know, the good thing about the wine, because I, I, I was talking to James and I said, you know, this is what we did with the wine. As, as I re-listened to our last week podcast, I really noticed how both of you have improved your leadership knowledge so well. And it proves me a very good point is you become who you hang around. We, we talk about certain stuff. We we force ourselves to hang around and mingle around each other and talk about certain stuff. You become that, you know. And, and sometimes some of these changes do not make much uh, of a difference today. But they make a difference when you just have to talk to your son and suddenly something clicks and you see a total change. And then that's when you realize, hold on, those things that mm. we've been doing, they actually have reaped that benefit that you could not buy anywhere. And I have to say, boys, listening to your lad podcast, beside the whinging, which made me laugh. And, <laughs> and, and by the way, I had to cut something like 15 minutes of the whinging to make you to make you actually look good. Okay? Fuck so, it. <laughs> To make uh, you look good, uh, right? <laughs> Rena actually said to me, she goes, that was funny. <laughs> she goes, she, oh, I listened to it today in the car. She goes, that was funny. Oh, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Brother. Brother. <laughs> the level goes to a point. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Till. So, so, so you did very well, and, and, and it proves that point. Association makes yeah. a man, and, and that in, in life you are... 50% built by nature. You are born that way mm. or you're born certain way. And, but you're also influenced and made by 50% nurture, who you hang around, mm. who you speak to. I mean, really, to do our, our research, you guys now got to know wine so much better because you had, you're forced to be doing this, right? But also your knowledge about leadership and, and the way we talk because we have meals at each other's place, we talk. Yak about a lot of stuff. You can't help but change. That's right. Afterwards, you see your family change. You mm. see things because it's a ripple effect. It's that drop in the middle of the Pacific Ocean that can end up being a tsunami when it hits the coast. Yeah. And then take a, a, a bit away from Wombrol uh, houses. <laughs> I mean, this, this, this is just the one drop from wine and wisdom. <laughs> Takes a little bit to fight through the uh, haze of the uh, alcohol, but eventually some of it sticks. Something yeah, will come out of your mouth and you'll go, where the fuck did that come from? But yeah, well, but there. the alcohol has done something good because last week we then saw what the alcohol did to a up-and-coming leader when he's pissed <laughs> and he's lost. <laughs> All his leadership values just went out the window and he was about I'm insulting not. anybody yeah. else. Yes, we, we, we saw that. <laughs> the kids still need to turn the fucking television down. <laughs> There's only so far those shit we go. It, it, yeah, you are who you hang around. Well, you're the sum of the five people you hang around the most. What's the that? next step? I for don't know who said it. You grow by the books you read and the, and people, the people you, you meet. That next, was my leader. The next step, oh, for me anyway, is execution. It's all right knowing it, and it's all right spitting the shit on the microphone and talking like you know what you're doing. But if you go straight home or go straight back to the office and back to your old ways when someone's around you, then then you're not there yet. Yeah. So I appreciate the compliment, but lots of work to do for. There's guys that open their mouth and talk leadership and talk things to you that you think, man, shit, this is good. And then behind your back, they backstab you. They backstab other people and do the wrong thing by others in, in the organization or even outside the organization. Mm. I think that's wrong. And I think that that tells you the true color of who you are. 
Yeah, I was talking to uh, another leader about what is right and, and, and doing is right. Even if people are doing things wrong around you, you stay on the road of right. Whether there's karma or not, it doesn't really matter. The thing is, what is the content of your heart as you move along? You have to be able to do it right. And but I definitely will say that there's a lot of salespeople, really, who, would, who should now really understand that from COVID, they've learned one thing. They can actually do this by themselves. It's fear, man. It's the fear. Oh, so much it's fear. But the, the lack of understanding it's a group thing. It's a group thing. Do you know how, how we, we were talking earlier about leaders who keep on doing the same thing mm. and they're not scared of the novel mm. thing? And It's the same thing with a sales guy. They, he sees the same thing happen and he goes, well, I'm, I'm very scared of, of leaving it because that's all I know. Mm. Hold on. Go back the last few months when you were by yourself. Did you make mm. things happen? But that, so it's technology and technology these days. We're not talking about if, if the pandemic really happened in 1940s, it would be different. But today we have the technology that can actually get me from here to be an entire office by myself. Here's the thing though, right? So when I lose a listing or go to a listing appointment and I don't get it, Big believer in not coming back and going, oh, I didn't get it because of fear or I didn't get it. I'm a big believer in saying I didn't get it because I wasn't good enough on the day, yeah. making one plus one equal two. So if there's salespeople out there that aren't understanding or being able to overcome the fear through a lack of knowledge or one plus one equaling two, maybe that's not on them. Maybe that's on the person trying to sell the message. There are people out there that are not made to run. Yeah, not everyone's made office. for it. No. But... There's, uh, I was having this conversation with someone this morning. If you want people to take this from you, you have to make them see value. It's not on them. We're trying to educate people in a new space, and it is. It's a new space. Go out and do your own thing. Be a sub. I didn't do A perfect example is the guy I spoke about before that I was trying to recruit. When I when I realised that he probably wasn't going to come and work at home, I said, well, why don't you stay at Terrigal and be a sub? Clearly didn't explain it well enough because he's gone to work for somebody else and pay somebody else half their commission. And I sat there, I got off the phone and went, fuck, you fucked that up. Not on him, but on me for not selling that message enough. And he's a bloke. We, we spoke to another fellow that we were looking at. Mm-hmm. A lot of fear there. You can't and be I, think, I feel then, I feel in that instance, we sat there and we did everything we could to make one plus one equal two. I feel like if you couldn't and I can't together make one plus one equal two, then it's... Yeah. One plus one is going to equal four forever. Because, in that because some people, the fear is so big yeah. that the reality will be rejected. Yeah. I don't reckon that's going to be the majority of the population, though. I reckon if you if if, if we're going to a listing appointment, nine times out of ten, I can sell the fact that I'm the best agent for somebody. Nine times out of ten, there's always going to be that one, and I think it's the same. That's going to transfer across all parts of life. It's not always going to be that someone's too scared. It's always they might start that way. They might start fearful. Do you know, in the first five years of me running my own franchise, I got it us to about uh, thirty-four, and there were more problems than anything else because taking anyone on, you were buying problems. I had to get rid of quite a few. Now I'm more about the quality of the person. But the quality of a person is something that not a lot of people might see. And for me, life is too short to really hang around bad ones. If, if you identify bad people, people who are going to be out there, it's just about them and they're going to be using others and use lie and try to get spread rumors in order to get their own way and only look after themselves and nobody else. Mainly, and, and quite often they have their own reason. You know, Sometimes people are angry for some, some reason. Well, I don't have that time to be around them. So I can put my energy into others. And it's the same thing. 
people can have their own opinions when it comes to whether they should work for themselves or somebody else. If they think that, you know, they need somebody else to be successful, we have to respect that. We, we have to let that happen because that's their makeup. And until they conquer their own inner fears, it doesn't matter what you say. I, I, that's why I have no push anymore. I, don't, I, I just go with their flow. In 10 years, they, they see, shit, when I met him, he was broke. Now he's got so much security around him. And I'm still probably going to be working until I'm 70. Mate, you are the designer of your reality. And the design of your reality started a long time ago. But you still have to create that awareness because some people are oblivious to it. If people are working for I get a, it. a boss, I'll call it a boss in this instance, who is only in it for themselves, they're going to do everything in their power to stop top performers doing anything on their own at all because that in the short-sighted yeah. pea brain that they've boss. got for that thing, they can't see the big picture where it's only going to make them more successful and... and uh, more profitable because obviously a percentage of whatever that person does goes with them. So the pea brain that says, I've got to keep them here and I've got to keep them subdued and I've got to keep them submitted. And if someone's been in that workplace for years, months, depending on their personality type, mm-hmm. they they won't be aware of the opportunity that is actually there for them. And then it's it's very, I mean, I've, I've sat there and I've listened to people who are fucking, they ring in and they complain about their bosses all the fucking time. And I'm like, just leave, do your own thing. Oh, but, but, but. And that, I mean, that's clearly me not selling it. Just leave and do your yeah. own thing. But that's me to just shut the fuck up. But this, this is Don't bag your boss. But this is why we spoke about you become who you hang around. Is that as you hang around certain people, you start to become them because you go, hold on, I could be there. And so you start to change inside. And in the end, it's when you're ready, mate. No birds jumps off a rock. No chicks jumps off the rock until it's ready to fly. It knows when it's ready to fly. Not even the parents. Yeah, but there's another saying which I love, which is, Jump off a cliff and then flap like hell. That's because you don't know until you take off. Even when they are ready to fly, they don't know they're ready to fly. They still jump out of that no, nest no. and hope to hell they don't hit the ground. No, there is an urge. No, it's 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 the same thing. What's some signs you might be ready? So in a very basic sense, if you're only listing and selling five houses a year, you're not ready. Okay, I'm just here to tell you, you're not ready. Yeah. If you're writing a million dollars a year and paying the majority of that to somebody else, there's a chance. You might be ready. You might be. There's a chance you might be ready. (laughs) Because it's not for us to tell someone whether they're ready or not. They've got to realise it themselves. But... There's a, there's, it seems to be one or two ways. It seems to be people who have never done it or done nothing who think they can do everything, and there's people that are doing everything that think they can do nothing. And it's it's um, the realisation, you look over our industry, the, the average for an agent, I don't know whether it's changed, but the old stat used to be 2.2 sales a month was average industry average for an agent. If you're doing six sales a month on your own or with a couple of assistants, fair chance you could run your own sub, no, sub yeah. not team, because a big difference and I've learnt no, I was the guy who was a four hundred pound gorilla and thought he could run a business, and so I'm not. I'm not saying that, but in the the office of the future that we're talking, where people can be Wisebury Terrigal and not have an office in Terrigal and have a digital expert working for them and an assistant to help them service clients. In the yeah, that's land, a direction in it. They, in they the, kill it in the world where we're in. If you're a Million dollar performer, which in Terrigal's not hard to write a million dollars. This is what I said many years ago, and now only that digital platforms come in. If Nicole Kidman, you've heard me say that yeah, in training, absolutely. you've heard me, yeah? If Nicole Kidman was to come back to Sydney and said, I want to work in this area, do you think she needs to advertise before she got called in from everyone? 
No. Yeah. no. Eyes wide shut sorted that out for most people, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> holy shit, that was trying to make a serious point. So, <laughs> I'm, t- I'm thinking of Nicole Kim and Nike. <laughs> Cur- curtains <laughs> match the blinds. <laughs> so, you wouldn't kick her out of bed for farting. That's the line. So, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, so if she does not even have to pick up the phone to be called into probably every listing appointment, then let's not say, well, that was Nicole Kidman. The question should be, what should I do in these times to really have that same notoriety? Mm-hmm. What do I need to be doing and what vehicle do I use to be called in into every one of them? That's the question. Rather than say, well, that's Nicole Kidman, everybody knows her. Well, because the question that you've just avoided is, how come nobody knows of you? I'm getting naked. <laughs> then nobody's going to want yeah. I've got the mask <laughs> make sure I'm not your partner <laughs> don't share it on social media there goes, I know your your girls did the painting in Picasso the wine drinking the other week and the, the girls in our office want to do it but with us and one of them joked this morning I said we're going to paint you big guy I said I hope you got a fucking circus tent as <laughs> a canvas mate <laughs> No, but apparently uh, yeah, that painting thing, it was very, very good. Next time that Mate, my brother-in-law does that, I'll, I'll get you guys to know. We're to doing to it. Be we're, there. We're doing I it. missed out. What, what are we talking about? It's called uh, Painting in Picasso, where you go and learn how to paint but drink wine while you're doing it. Oh, wow. Oh, no, Pinot and Picasso, it's oh. called. And the girls, I know the La Huang women went and did it last yeah. weekend and he didn't go. But, no, um, no, no, it's only for girls. No, I think you can go. It's only for girls. No, Boys couldn't turn up. Yeah. Listen, when men do something without women, it's called sexism. Yeah, absolutely. Right? When women are having their paint and Picasso without men, it's called emancipation. It's called it's PlayStation, it's baby. <laughs> it's called PlayStation, baby. It's, it's called Pants mate, Off PlayStation. There's not that, that fucking much Formula about One gyms, game, mate. I'm such in, in uh-huh. fine form. But there, gyms, there was a lot of gyms that said, well, we'll look, there's. Between this hour and this hour, women can't attend because the professional bodybuilders builders want to focus on their performance, you know, and train. And the, all the girls are up in arms saying we should come. And then they open Fernwood Studios, which men can't attend anyway. Yeah. So it's all good. Ladies, keep going. You're I'm stronger, going painting. I'm sure the they, they booked it in, mate. Well, well, we're a bit more liberal on the coast. Well, hey, Palaszczuk, you bastard, let us in. <laughs> We've got equal rights. <laughs> no, but hey... Now that you're going back there, Palaszczuk is actually doing the right thing. She's going for Palaszczuk uh, Putin for the vote. Absolutely. And do you know what she's going to say now? She's going to look good. I Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? <laughs> Didn't I tell you? We need to keep this border closed. Palaszczuk Putin. She, she, she's going to say she saved Queensland in the she vote. She didn't save it, mate. What she's saying is two people from Potts Point came into the state and now Queensland's got the problem is coronavirus again. <clears throat> Australia is so small. We don't need to follow the American system where we have states. Really, our prime minister should be enough. Well, to how tell the fuck us will state of origin work, Thomas? And that's the only thing that matters. If you don't have states, you don't have state of origins. You're an idiot. All right, I'll stop you right there, One Nation. No state equals no state of origin. Fuck Queensland. Gap tooth, bloody except for Arabina office. I, I love that. Like. I love that. When, I love that when you watch a country on that day, the state of origin, where they bash each other. Yes, because, get into it. I mean, 
That, that is a great country. Mate, I lived there for two years. They drink Forex Gold, which is mid-strength all day, and then have two Bundy rums and think they're fucking Rambo. <laughs> You're all kidding yourself. <laughs> Fuck you, Putin. Palaszczuk. That, sorry. State of origin. <laughs> we should not have premiers anymore, and I keep on saying it. We, this, is state, this country is way too small to have that shit happening, especially in crisis time. Because in times of crisis, there should be one voice, Right. It's, it's there should be a button you can push it to. Sorry, you're out of this one, and, uh, and the big, it, and the big it, it boys just so take bad. over. When when the prime minister has to make a call to a PM and say, "Hey, listen, mate, let's stop this shit about who runs the aged care centres. Let's let's help them. Let's send the army in." And a friend of mine, whose sister, the defence force, into those aged care and found two patients dead in their bed. The others had their bed soiled that nobody looked after over the last few days. Why? Because the staff has been fired or sent home or had to go into isolation because there was COVID. I mean, what are we doing? You know, this, this doesn't sit well with me. On the one hand, we say every single year, let's honour them. Yep. They looked after us. Then afterwards... When they are in a position where they need us most, when, when, when they can't look after themselves, we let them die yeah. in their bed, in their own feces. Mm. We go to really get rid of all these states in, during pandemic so that there's one person making that rule because that one person we all voted for. Question without notice, and it's only you, you've been passionate since I've known you about the way we treat the elderly in this country. Yeah. What's the solution to the aged care problem? Because regardless of pandemic, that's how the, uh, they get treated full stop. I've heard so many stories, and I know people who work in the industry, that through lack of staff or lack of care, there's people dying in their feces every day, regardless of coronavirus or not. What's the because they're private? Aren't, a lot of them private. So do yeah. we de-reg, do we so deprivatise them, and the government has to take them over, or have you come up with any solutions? Or what's your thoughts? My thought is, as long as much as we have uh, the police on the road, we need a police for aged care centres. Mm. These guys have paid. Do you know that these people they're actually losing the inheritance that should go to their children to be in there times two mm. because it's. Way, way more expensive, right? We should have the police to have a look. Mate, how yeah, many point. aged no, care point. do we have? There's got to be a quality. There's got to be a quality, quality assurance. assurance. Yes, I just met someone whose whole job is to walk into pubs and make sure people are standing two meters apart. But we've got no yep. one walking into aged yep. care homes, making uh, sure that is bullshit, mate. Yeah, when you, I heard that the RSL in Rye got closed down because some dude was, some people were standing uh, around when the the route is no standing. Cut that shit. No, I know. There's people dying, dying in aged yeah. care. You should be fucking in there and checking mm. that. Yeah. yeah. Crystal's grandfather, when he, he, he got admitted, asked for an extra pillow and he couldn't get an extra pillow because it's one pillow per person. How dare you ask for another pillow? And that, that's not dying in your own feces, but that's the that's the yeah. indication of what exactly is going on in that. Unfortunately, it comes down to uh, also, you know, you know, what can you afford? What... What aged care facility can you afford in yeah. your old age? So the police is one is thing. But that's well, so. that's what we've got to do. We've got to come up with solutions for that stuff because we know it's a problem. Highlight it. I mean, silver linings and everything. Maybe this shit that's going on will highlight, really highlight the problems in aged care facilities for yeah, people. No, what it's telling me is this, and now we're into the uh, myth-busting kind yeah. of le level. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's, important, the, end, mate. it's, it's the end of our podcast, so we can talk shit. So one, we'll have the police. Two, I will pay the workers in the aged care a little bit more, and I'll say to them, you can't go home. You want to go home? You go home. 
We will hire the people, we'll pay double. Instead of giving money to people who are on job seeker so they don't have to look for a job, let's give more to those guys who are looking after the aged care. When, if you say, if I said to you, I, I care about you, shouldn't that follow with a deed that, that shows that I'm caring about you? So why should we say, let's, let's take care of our elderly and not do anything about it? Yeah. And not change anything about it. And, and do everything the same. Earlier, I said to you, there's two things we need to change. The, the second thing that we spoke about our podcast earlier is this. When was the last time you heard about investment into primary sector? We spoke about it. We should have companies making masks ourselves. We shouldn't have companies now, right now, when the economy is in a sham, the investment should be on people who may have lost businesses to have grants to start something that is going to be a benefit to us. Mm. Or are we going to be a prisoner to oversee and foreigners mm. again? I was driving over here, this is way off topic from aged care, but similar to what you're just saying, and the Triple M are doing a thing where every hour of the day they, they broadcast live from a small business to try and promote small businesses who are struggling. And uh, they were the, on the way down here, they were from a place called Stage Kings, which was in, um, I'm going to forget, Cornell. And their whole job was building stages and, um, they, and props for... Concerts, entertainment. They built the castle for the Edinburgh military tattoo, the military tattoo, yep. and all that sort of stuff. So when COVID happened, their their business stopped on a dime. Then they worked out that one of their production managers was a hobby furniture maker. In forty eight hours, they're producing furniture. In four months, they've gotten rid of. They've sold fourteen thousand pieces of furniture. Their first product was an ISO desk to work from home during isolation. And now go. they call themselves ISO Kings. Fourteen thousand pieces of furniture in four months now and they've, they've, they've tailored it all to Necessity is the mother of all invention. But that's I mean and that's what we're talking about. There's companies Perfect. out there who are probably going bust who should be building us masks and should be I know it happened when we we're talking about ventilators early on. Turns out yep. we didn't need all them ventilators, but how does that I'm still but, but I'm wait, still stuck on the elderly thing because I know it was a passion of yours and I'm, I'm starting yeah, to get because, to that stage because now. I where think, because I think that you, that's, to me, the epitome of loyalty. Remember when we spoke yeah, earlier about it? Oath. What do we do towards the people who no longer look after us? Yeah. I won't say who d d don't count, that which is wrong, no. but who can't give anything back in return. Is that where we want to live? No, we, where we, the values that we're trying to teach our children is... Value your children and the elderly as long as they return. As long as they're useful. Yeah, we look at them as a burden. We've we've put them no, all in chicken sheds and and. Yeah, it's unfortunate people go that way with the elderly. Uh, I think people have to understand that that it's now your turn. It's it's now your turn. It's your privilege to be able to look after a loved one that's still with you. Private um, question without notice, Chris. O. Yep. And feel free not to answer. Yeah, yeah. But when the decision came that your your dad. How did the decision come about that your dad had to come into a home and how hard yeah. was that? Okay. What were the so my mum was in a nursing home because my mum had a stroke at 59 and then slowly declined to her um, death when at 79 and 20 years. That took her 20 years. Uh, my dad would go and visit my mum in the nursing home the last two or three years that she was in the nursing home wow. twice a day. Um, mum passed and within 18 months we found dad on the floor confused. Wow. So my dad went into um, uh, to a hospital um, that's all right, mate. You can cry. 
you're probably the epitome of the child that I would want to have, which is when your parents can't really do much for you, you are more there for them than ever. So yeah, absolutely. Mate, be proud of that shit, man. And I'm lucky I've got two sisters that do the same thing, which is... And, and it's our privilege now to look after him. It's not the other way around, mate. Yeah. It's not a burden. It's our privilege. And it's, it's more than that. It's a duty that we have. And to be told that we can't visit him now, it's, it sucks. And if every, I, I think if everyone came from the same place, <laughs> listen, I think if everyone came from the same place, we probably wouldn't have the majority of the issues that we've got in the no, age case. But I think, you know, fucking big call, I'll, I'll hang myself out there, let's go. A lot of the time it's the kids putting them in the home because they've become a burden, not because they can't care for themselves, it's so because they don't... They got their own life to live, and they got to, and that well, that feeds into the people who are working there. Then, because they've obviously got parents who have become a burden, and then and look, your so life the system can't stop. A burden. If you've got a parent, if you've got a parent that's in need, your life can't stop, I, and that, and that's the truth of it. We, we, with me and my sisters, the three of us, our lives couldn't stop, and da- and dad needed help. Yeah, my dad fortunately was in a position financially where he come to this country, got off the boat, and worked his ass off um, to build a little nest egg behind him, behind him, and my mum. Um, they weren't allowed. Sorry, no. They weren't able to spend that nest egg enjoying their retirement because Mum got ill. They wouldn't um, been allowed to go to Queensland, mate. <laughs> Fucking but, hell. But well, so we're very fortunate that we were able to put him in the the same nursing home that my mum was in, yeah. actually in the same wing with the same staff that knew my father when he would visit my mum. Yeah. So we knew that he was going to be very very well looked after. We we could not we could not take care of my dad to his requirements if we had re- kept him at home. Yeah, if we yeah. had kept him at yeah. our home or whatever, we could not have yeah. looked after him. My old man, while he he doesn't wander off and so forth, he still remembers his name. He he forgot to cook, he forgot to eat, he forgot to take his medication, all that sort of thing. Um, and we didn't realise it until it got to a crescendo where we needed to put him to a home. Mm. I can tell you a thousand funny stories with him, which is actually quite entertaining, but. At our now, with we are, we are fortunate. The fact that he he had the money behind him, where we can put him into a a, a quality a quality facility mm. um, um, to follow his religion too. My parents were Catholic, Roman Catholic, so it's a it's a Catholic nursing home that has the Sunday service and a priest every every weekend around to the to the um, members. So he's being looked after very very well. What kills us is we can't visit him during this coronavirus. Mm. When not to the fact that we don't want to, it's the fact we cannot, yeah. we are not able to. Um, I have never had in my entire life a flu shot. There was a small p- reprieve between the first outbreak and where we are now that they allowed us in for about, I think it was about six weeks we were allowed in to go and see him. You had to have a, a, a you had to have had a flu shot and you had to have a sign off from your doctor oh, to geez. say you had that flu shot to be able to mm. see him. When you went, you need to have signed in, a temperature checks sanitising stations, all that sort of stuff, and you're only allowed an hour visit. Yeah. That's full on, mate. What I was getting at is is the people who are working in the sector and the people who are governing the sector seem to fucking forget that they're sons and daughters as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. There's and if everyone came at it from the angle that you, with with your heart, yeah. the, that industry would be in a much better place when we when we talk about loyalty. How would the, the people in the government who are, who are setting the regulations or the policies around aged care seem to forget that they were raised by a mum and a dad too, right? And if I'm setting a policy for an aged care and I remember that I'm a son of a, a mother and dad who did their best, regardless of what you think of whether what their best is, I'm putting fucking police in to make sure that someone's running that place yep. 
well. And if I'm the it, need, it, need, it needs to be it needs to be regulated. If you I'm a, if I'm a worker, quality checks, quality who is insurance. clearly the son or the daughter of somebody, and I'm sick, I'm not fucking turning up to work to kill twenty fucking elderly people. Yeah, yeah, and that's that. I think we we talked about loyalty before, or just doing the right thing, or just being human. I, it all comes back to just being the yeah, best I, human I, I, you can be. I think it, I'll, I'll take a one back. I I, I I don't believe it's on our politicians. I don't believe it's on our the people that are in the nursing homes. It comes down to the family members. Now, some of those family members may have not had the best upbringing with their with their parents, and I like Thomas. My father was very hard on me on the upbringing. I've got no no hang-ups on that. It's my duty and it's my honour to be able to look after my father because I don't have my mother with me anymore. But it won't be your fault. And oh, won't but be your fault if it won't be your fault if your dad dies in a pile of his own shit, mate. That'll be on the the system that. Oh is no, but it that. won't happen because you know why? When I go no, and visit no, him, don't. I hold them to fucking count. That's very hard for me to say, but yeah. it I, won't be your fault if. No, you, I understand. You're you know. you trying to fucking do the goodwill hunting on him, mate. No, I'm just. It's not your fault. No, we're trying to come up with solutions. Will, no, it's I, not I, your I hold, fault. But I, when I go there, I hold them to account. So I'll go there, and you know. There was one day I couldn't find my dad in the nursing home, and they, and and He's I playing said, hide and seek, mate. Well, they've got this beautiful young man, Alex, who, who takes the elderly, and he's a, a, what they call a, a OT, occupational therapist, and he'll go and he'll take them for a coffee or he'll take them somewhere, and they'll just sit in the sun and they'll talk. And great young man, he just happened to find this right out of the way area that was that no one could find. I asked 20 people. No one knew where my dad was. In the end, there was a group of five there. Alex had taken this group of five. But the nursing home itself was turned upside down because I said to them, guys, find my father. You, you can't tell me where it is. It's your responsibility. So I held them to account. And I think it brings us back to what we're saying is that we need people to be able to hold these carers to account. What What is his surname? Alex what? Do you know? Or, 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 know. or can you say Alex from the retirement village? So At, that yeah. Because guys like him, we need to be precise. Hey, so they all know him as AJ. AJ studying um, at university, so he's a student nurse, and it's a Holy Spirit in Croydon. Wow. Absolutely beautiful young man. And all the people there love him. He's got the spirit that you would want to see in a young person or a person looking after your parents. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Going back to the office of the future, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter that you are today way more advanced than the leader who embraced you. Always remember who embraced you. Who gave you a go when nobody did? Who really took you in and groomed you to own an office? And I always say this, it takes a village to groom a champion. Yep. And a true champion to me never forgets his village. A true champion for me is someone who moves ahead, always understanding that to violate the values of your former teachers is to violate a part of your real heart, your true self. And therefore, you ought to really do the right thing. It's not about karma, it's whether it goes on your kids. No, no. When you violate, when you go on your last breath and you sit there and you say, did I really do the right thing? What is your conscience when in the end, on your last breath, what is your conscience going to say? When we were talking about it last night with another leader, I, I said to him, the most important thing is to do things so that when you go to bed in the future, you're okay. The rest, don't worry about that. Got to be able to sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. It's hard enough. It's hard enough without uh, what, you know, that 2 a.m. wake-up call where you're staring at the roof going, oh, fuck, oh, uh. 
Got to be able to sleep at night. That's Guys, I don't know, but this is a grape you probably never had. Zinfandel in California. Try this from Wenty. Vineyards. We've had a Wenty before. 2000, yes, yes. A white one. Yep. This is a red one, 2016 grape. Try it because it's a grape you've never had before. Zinfandel. The infidel grape. You're all Zinfandels. Nice. Thank God we're not in competition. I would have lost. Because I know you boys want no, that's your... That's different, man. Yeah, I know. But you guys still want your full-bodied shit. No, but yours... So back, Chris's, Chris's I noticed, especially after you pointed out the structure, fell off a cliff after yep. a couple of seconds. Fell off the financial cliff that that's we were That's why there was hit. no way that we beat yeah. yours. This is a lot lighter, yes? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a pinot. Yes, yes, that's right. Do you know how the pinot drops very quickly too? And doesn't... It's a bit more fruity as well. Mm. Nice. Shit, boys, we're becoming like... Maybe the master sommelier will come and talk, mm. knock on our door and... Uh, I've had to adapt to you fucking red wine drinkers. Can next, we... Can we next spend week, a bit James, more time on the watch? James please, Halliday next please. week is coming in. <laughs> you need to uh, educate yourself, mate. <laughs> you need to get outside your comfort zone and start picking some on. whites. No, no, but I agree with you. I think that next time what we need to be doing is... All right, white wine. And then we all have to come in with one. Okay? Ooh, I, saw no, I saw a nice white today. Ooh... I think we can sum up a lot of what we talk about with everything is make sure you can sleep at night. Yeah. A fucking beautiful line. doesn't matter what yeah. you're doing. Because yeah. because the line I use when someone is fucking me over or the justice, I don't know how you sleep at night. Yeah, they have headaches. Lot, they have headaches, mate. It, it has repercussion into their body. They have to fuck their body for, for oh, some reason. Mate. They can't sleep, those guys. I'm, I'm telling you. you. If you can sleep... It's a beautiful thing. Uh, that's real estate, though. I, I think there's some people, people out there that can do it and can still sleep. Yeah, but, but how you know do they sleep at night, mate? Lonely, it's uh, it's getting life. stored somewhere, right? No, no, but, he, it, but here it is. It'll this get is stored in a kidney or it'll get stored absolutely. in a lung. It'll yeah. get stored and it'll come out as a tumour at some you. point. It will kill you. But, but here is the thing. If you were to work for a guy that was doing shit like that, Shouldn't you be asking yourself questions about like things like maybe I should get the fuck out of here because one day he's gonna do that to me, <laughs> or really is that who I work for? The kind of organization that just show disloyalty towards the people who taught him. Really, do I want to be here? I mean, these are the questions you have to ask. Yeah, but that's in everything we do. Like I, I go to some listing appointments and I hear what the other agents done, and I go, how the fuck do those people sleep at night? Because sometimes I'll go home doing everything straight to heart and I still go, I lose a bit of sleep because I'm did I price that house right? Whereas people go out intentionally to price a house wrong or do whatever just to get the business, I'm going, fuck, and I know where I'm coming from in my heart trying to do the right thing. I still can't sleep at night. So how the fuck people sleep at night? And it's, that's for everything. And I said it in that video we released last week, we've got to go to bed but for I'll, an hour I'll, to sleep at night, mate. I'll tell you, mate, some people don't realise they're doing the wrong thing. Some people don't have that critical thinking like we've been saying from yeah, day one. Bullshit. I honestly don't. Bullshit. Some, th this shit is taught sometimes to people and some people have it in their procedures. No, but they know it's wrong. When they're taught yeah. it, they know it's wrong. When you start in an industry, may or may not be speaking from experience and an offer comes in and the person above you says, go and tell the owner a lower offer because that'll get them to take the original offer. You know that's that fucking wrong. That is disgusting. You know that's fucking wrong, right? Go and tell them it's worth 50 grand more than we actually think it's worth because we can bash them down in the process. We know you don't, that's not about not knowing it's wrong, Crusoe, because human nature sits there and goes, that's a lie, right? That's a lie. And you can't, no one will be able to sit there and tell me, so you didn't know when they came to you and said, and you got, you got an offer of 600,000 and, and your boss said to you, go and tell the owner 580,000, you didn't know that was wrong. It was a lie. Of course it's fucking wrong. 
right? So or that won't maybe wash that should me. be our next podcast, talking about the trickeries of bad agents. That won't. That won't. Maybe yeah. that would be the right one. Oh, but they don't anyway, know boys, they're doing it. It's but, time to right, go, but it. I also want to let you know that next week w- there won't be any uh, wine and wisdom, all right? Because next week I'm taking my mate here. We're going to. He's going to be driving uh, radicals. So next best things to uh, Brum, Formula Brum. One. Did, oh yes. Okay. And so we won't be here for that. I hope he'll come back alive. I'm not driving, so I will come in. I'll be coming back alive, no problem. I'm not going down with any expectations <laughs> of coming back alive. I just want to know, how the fuck are you going to fit in the car? Yeah, I'm, I've got concerns. I'm in training. That's why I bought the liver detox stuff. We're now sponsored by Swiss Liver Detox. Uh, no, he'll, he'll, he'll fit, he'll fit. He'll be... Strapped on, to the roof. He'll be on roller skates and on... on <laughs> I've already got... <laughs> a water ski behind. On, like a bear on a water ski. I've already got an excuse though, mate, because I'm 60 kilos heavier than anyone else that'll be driving. If my t- lap time's yes. a little bit slower, it was a bit, bit of weight weight in the car. Hopefully Costa is going to hear this and I've warned him already. Uh, he should really have uh, truck suspensions. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, they're going to have to firm up the suspension. He's trying to get back at me for asking what kind of hair products he used on Instagram. Oh, mate. did you like the answer? Did you, like, <laughs> did you get the answer? Condensed <laughs> milk, was it pasteurised milk? <laughs> He's bagging my haircut. At least I get to have a haircut. I didn't bag a haircut, but I love to meet the hairdresser, I told you. What's a he? Whoever, whoever made you pay for that kind of haircut is a bloody good salesperson. <laughs> Wilkes cuts at Barrow represent. Well done, boys. Uh, Well, thanks, boys. Thanks, guys. Catch up in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. See you then.